much, Jonathan, for being on the line with us. Um, Jonathan Gos is the uh, mayor of Glenwood Springs, Colorado, and he has enacted a mask um, and a face covering ordinance for Glenwood Springs. And so as the Columbia, Missouri City Council is considering an ordinance tonight, we definitely wanted to get some insight from a community that has done this before. So thanks very much for being with us. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, Jenny. And I'm going to go through the numbers very quickly um, because I know that we had a little bit of technical difficulty and spent some time doing that. But worldwide, we have 11,447,000 cases. Um, globally, we have had over 534,000 deaths that have been identified from COVID-19. The U.S. numbers, we have over 2.8 million cases, approaching 2.9 million now. Um, and you know, the numbers just continue to go up. And we heard um, President Trump over the weekend say that, you know, we are continuing to test at a higher level, and that's why we're finding these cases. But if you continue to follow the world metrics, um, the United States is 26th in testing per million, um, and we are ranked um, with active cases per million. We are now 13th um, and just below Peru and you know, our, our friends in Spain and Iceland and Belgium and um, Ireland, Russia, I mean, are all um, less cases per million the United, than the United States. So we continue to see that um, the U.S. is failing at containing the spread of this virus. Um, as always, we'll report Matthew Holloway's data on the state of Missouri. We um, had yesterday 340 identified cases um, with 29 of our counties in the state reporting. We know that because of the holiday and, and Sunday, oftentimes we don't see our health department's report. So even with the limited holiday reporting, we still identified 340 cases. So we're now at 24,516 cases in the state of Missouri. Um, almost 50% of our, our counties in our state, being over 100 counties, have reported at least one death. We now have 1,069 deaths in the state of Missouri. And again, we continue to see our seven-day average positive case rate increase. We're at um, 447 cases per day being identified. Here in Boone County locally, we've identified just shy of 500 cases. And we see those case numbers going up so quickly. Um, right now, we have 166 active cases in our county. Um, we've had, we have five Boone County citizens that are hospitalized. And we have over 400 individuals in quarantine because they've had direct exposure with the COVID-19 case. Um, in Boone County, just yesterday, we had 20 reported cases of COVID-19. Um, the city council tonight is um, considering an ordinance. So at 7 p.m. in the city council chambers, um, up until 4 p.m., you can submit a comment, a written comment to cityclerk at como.gov. Um, that will be read at the city council meeting or put into um, the public testimony and comments. Um, they do not have um, video uh, comment available, so you can go in person and testify at the Columbia City Council meeting. Um, and we'll talk more in detail about what's going to be on that agenda and when we expect it. But I want to hear from um, you, Mayor, and what your county, your city, very early on community. Um, adopted an ordinance um, for facial coverings way back in April. So this is a conversation that you had early. And 
can you tell me a little bit about the journey and the conversation you heard from community members in doing that? Yeah, thank you, Jenny. You know, it was, we did it, we passed ours, I believe, April 7th. And yeah, I, I got to say, we, we heard some community conversation, um, but we have a really uh, forward-thinking and, and proactive city council. And I would love to say that, you know, we were looking at all these studies from all these countries about what they were doing with face coverings. But the, the truth of the matter is that we were sitting here um, in, in Glenwood Springs just really scared. I mean, we thought we'd, that we'd have to be um, turning old buildings into morgues, and, and fortunately that hasn't happened, obviously. But um, we, we just had a laundry list of all the stuff that, like, we have to knock this out with whatever means possible. And we weren't talking about the economy back then. I think there's this false dichotomy right now between the economy and reopening. And, um, and, and so we just looked at what could we do? And face coverings was something that one of the counselors brought up. And we didn't have fantastic science on it, but we did know that mm-hmm. doctors use face coverings, surgical masks to um, inhibit the, the uh, transmission of viruses and bacteria. And so we kind of, just maybe, maybe we were overreactive a bit. And boy, we got a ton of blowback. A lot of people who were mm-hmm. um, not happy about their freedoms being taken away. Um, but I think we have seen um, that that passed actually 7-0 um, on the first reading. And it, it, it's gone back and forth and we extended it indefinitely at one point and then got some blowback. So we took it off and now we're doing it and we're reexamining it every month. But um, I think what we have seen is the science uh, in the last three months has caught up to <laughs> to the action. And so, uh, you know, I- I'm not happy that we were proven right. I would love for it to have just fizzled out with summer like, like folks hoped. But mm-hmm. that's just not the reality we're dealing with. Yeah, so you guys originally put it in in April 7th, kind of took a leap of faith that we want to use every tool in the toolbox to protect our citizens from what, you know, I think we were all scared about what would happen. And and we've seen maybe the projections and the numbers that we originally thought we would see in our local communities not be what the, the, the scary numbers that we originally saw. And then when you guys re-vote on it and you, you talk about um, – pushback. And I know you had voted again on on April the 30th and then again in June. So tell me what the conversation or or the testimony is when community members say we don't want this. Because I think that it's it's helpful to hear what we should be prepared for maybe this evening here in Columbia, Missouri. Yeah, you know, and it's it's about freedom and it's about rights and it's about um, you do you, I will do me. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that's a fundamental misunderstanding of how face masks or face coverings work. Um, early on when we did it in, on April 7th, there, I think, was a much, much greater concern about um, us, uh, private citizens, taking potentially taking uh, PP&E from uh, the, the medical providers and first responders. So that part of the conversation has changed. I was just at Costco yesterday and I saw surgical masks for sale, you know, I don't know, like a hundred for $20 or something like that. So I mm-hmm. think, um, but you know, we also have seen the signs show that any kind of face covering and, and I don't know what the ordinance you have in front of you looks like, but you know, we just made it very, very easy, you know, any kind of face covering of any kind. I mean, outside of like a t-shirt pulled up, that's, yeah, that's a little right. lazy. 
Um, but, you know, what we're hearing is now the conversations change a little bit away from the PP&E um, concern to really just um, if you're scared, stay home. Um, and your your freedom or your rights don't start where mine end or your fear doesn't. My rights don't end where your fear begins. And I think it's it's a very similar public health conversation we've had in this community about um, vaping and, and mm-hmm. flavored and, and the kids and, and middle school kids uh, taking that up. I think we've heard this conversation 20 years ago with, with big tobacco. So, um, you know, I don't know that it's a different conversation now than it has been in the past. Yeah. And, you know, the Columbia um, City Council had raised the age of tobacco products to 21. And we definitely, when that conversation was happening, um, heard a lot of that civil liberties and, um, you know, individual freedom conversation. And, you know, when you mentioned, you know, you're not sure what our ordinance looks like, so so that our listeners know a face mask means a covering made of cloth, fabric, or other soft or permeable material without holes that covers the nose and mouth um, and the surrounding area of the lower face. Just So it's, it's a pretty broad definition as well. Um, you know, it could be um, any type of thing. One um, concern I heard from a city council member was, where are folks going to get these masks if they can't make them themselves? And you mentioned that it seems like once the ordinance passed, um, retailers in the community were supplying them. Is that, and do you feel like community members can easily get access to them? Yeah, absolutely. We made ours. We've set the bar very low. So, um, you know, and, and just here's our experience. We went from uh, the governor of our state probably a week before saying, um, mentioning that this might be helpful and recommending that you do it um, to us passing the ordinance. And the day before I was in uh, City Market, our local grocery store, I probably saw, I don't know, maybe 20, 30 percent of people wearing them. And then literally three days after we passed it, I went in, I saw one person out of the maybe 100 um, not wearing them. And we don't do it. Like the enforcement, you, you will also hear that, I think, is how are we going to enforce mm-hmm. it? There's no way we're going to enforce it. And, you know, I, I just I think sometimes it, someone wouldn't ask that question about drunk driving. How are you going to enforce it? We all know punk drunk driving is not good for, for other people, for the person. And I, I think that that's a little bit of a red herring. Yes, we've only issued like three warnings in our community since this went into effect. But I got to say, we've had gosh, probably 95 to 98% compliance. People, by and large, want to do the right thing. And people want to help other people do the right thing. So you you ask, you know, we had bandanas, people wearing just bandanas. They would take um, strips of cloth and just tie it around. Um, Out here, we have ski buffs. They're like neck gaiters. So a lot of people were wearing those. And, And then, yes, a lot of people started making um, like a cottage industry, uh, you know, sewing homemade masks with cool Colorado logos or Glenwood Springs logos on it um, to show kind of, you know, civic pride in, in what we're all trying to do. Because, you know, as, as trite as it is or, or people make it try to be, uh, we are all in this together. Right. And you mentioned enforcement. And, you know, I think that the the health department here in Boone County actually had the authority or has the authority to issue a mask ordinance as part of an emergency um, power that they have to protect the health. They have chose not to here, and this is why it's 
fallen on the city council. Um, and there's some questions actually about the legal authority of the city council since the health department has the authority. Although, um, as I read the law, I see nothing that um, contradicts the authority. And the, the mayor of uh, Columbia has asked the ordinance to be drafted and it is on the council agenda for tonight. In order for it to pass tonight, it needs a six of seven vote um, because it's an emergency clause that it'll go into effect immediately um, rather than having the first and second hearing. Um, you said originally you had unanimous support. How did that play out as you voted the second and the third time? Yeah, you know, and that's, um, yeah, that, that's interesting because we have voted and then we did a fourth time just last Thursday. So we're, mm -hmm. it's something the community, I think, wants us to continue to reexamine. And that was one of our problems. We did it 7-0 the first time. And again, I think that was based from a place of just throw anything at the wall because we're, we're mm -hmm. desperate and we're scared. The next vote was a 6-1 vote with one of the members who is more of a civil, civil libertarian um, voting against it. Um, I think the next vote was a weird vote, is a 4-3 vote, but that was a vote where um, I proposed just making it indefinitely, and indefinitely scared people. Um, so I guess I would recommend that whatever your ordinance is, it's not just forever, because people don't like to have this conversation that this is the new normal. You know, people are hopeful that we get under control. There's a vaccine, herd immunity, what, whatever. Um, that's not tied to the word indefinitely. So that... That spooked a few people who, and, and mostly their objections was, we need to look at this continuously. Whereas my suggestion was, we will look at this again, instead of looking at this every two or three weeks, we will look at this again when there is a vaccine, when the recommendations from the CDE or CDPHE, Colorado Department of Public Health, have significantly changed. When someone says, um, to your earlier question, some of the objections, um, these are more harmful than they're good. You know, you, you've touched them too much, and that spreads the disease um, more than if you didn't have them. We've heard that. We've heard also carbon dioxide poisoning and, and people saying all over the place, oh, this, this, I can't, my blood oxygen goes down to 80% when um, I wear this for more than an hour. So, you know, I think people want to feel like everything is temporary. Going back to school in the fall, we're going to go back you know, hopefully go back. But I don't think people like the idea that this is the new normal or a forever situation. So I guess that would be maybe my recommendation is that whatever um, your council does, try it for two weeks or a month and see how the community reacts to it. Um, because I think people are going to feel a lot better about it if it's uh, something that can be reexamined. Yeah, and right now the way the ordinance is drafted for vote tonight, it's, as it is an emergency clause, it goes into effect immediately, and it's in effect for 90 days, um, and then it will be readdressed, um, so it can be extended, rescinded, or um, superseded, right? So that gives the community time because we know this virus has a pretty long incubation period and long time before we know that somebody's infected. So we can it, we can infection 14 days after exposure and so by doing anything you know it takes time and we have to adjust slowly and you know as as we uh, and I'm curious what you guys did as far as closure of businesses what did your stay-at-home orders look like 
So we had a pretty strong um, stay-at-home order from our governor, and that was you're not supposed to travel um, more than 10 miles from your house other than for essential goods or services. And so, you know, that's kind of broadly defined. Here in Colorado, um, they tried to close the liquor stores, and there was a run on them, which is hilarious. So mm-hmm. liquor stores were considered essential, uh, as were marijuana, uh, recreational marijuana shops. So there's that. <laughs> but, um, you, you know, it's really strict, and we did get a handle on it. And I think Colorado, from both um, sides of the political spectrum, is looked at as a state that did it right. We don't as a state. Uh, I think 14 other states have statewide or near statewide face covering uh, orders in place right now. Colorado They're does now not. They're now up to 21 they, states that have statewide right. orders. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't think that this is – it shouldn't be a left-right um, issue. It should be a science-based issue, and and I think that it's it's been proven definitively that um, not not definitively nothing is definitive, I guess, but it, it has been proven that this can help. And so, our local county um, is fairly conservative, but um, our city is more moderate, and so you know we're in a position where we have a lot of local control. The only thing locally we did, other than the face mask, is we did close hotels and motels. Uh, we are a big tourist community. We have the Hot Springs Adventure Park, uh, hiking, fly fishing, Gold Medal Waters, the whole deal. But we did close hotels for 30 days to non-essential employees, partially because the governor said stay at home anyway. And, and there's so mm-hmm. much about this disease about, you know, that it's not known about transmission. But what we don't want as a community is to be you know, having an attractive nuisance, as it were. You know, we don't want people from these hotspots of Dallas and um, other communities where there's high-density hotspot outbreaks to be coming to our mountain community, our rural mountain community, and escaping. And so, and bringing potentially a lot of that disease with them. So we've changed our marketing um, for our community, our our, our tourism marketing, um, to emphasize outdoors, to emphasize camping, um, but, you know, town was hopping this weekend, and it makes me really nervous. And just last night, our city manager told me we have our first uh, case confirmed from um, one of our uh, city employees who, who was working at the rec center, which has just been reopened. So that's, you know, that's unfortunately one of the things. You, you reopen, you start to reopen slowly. Um, we had all these protocols in place that were very conservative, and yet one of the employees has come down with it. And now that rec center is closed, at least for the next week. And I think that's something that I'd really like for your listeners to think about is we get to reopen when we get this under control. But if we run at this thing too hard and try to reopen our economy full bore, we're going to take one step forward and five step back. And at some point, normal, rational people who are taking normal, rational, thoughtful decisions about whether to go out to eat, whether to you know, go to the grocery store versus getting groceries delivered, they're eventually going to stop going out. You know, you don't have to worry about you. That's another thing I would say is it's not just about, well, I'll protect me, you protect you, and we're all good. If you really want the economy to reopen and people to have jobs, you need to make the the majority of the people feel comfortable about going out. And I think I feel personally um, you know, called me a scared person, but I feel more comfortable going into a Costco and seeing everybody 
with a face covering on. I feel more comfortable going out and dining and seeing that my table is really far away from other folks and there's a ton of outdoor dining. So, I, so I, as the economy, that, if we want the economy to open safely and people to feel like they can go out, and you guys are a tourist town, we are a college town, and so we have a lot of visitors and influx of population for events. And um, so my question to you is, as people come into your community, how resistant or hard is it, especially in that enforcement, to get people to comply with the, the, the law? You know, and, and we are requ- we are um, requiring, whether it's local or visitors, everybody to have a face mask basically indoors. We treat it very much mm-hmm. like smoking. You know, if you're indoors, you, you essentially have to have it. I think we have exceptions if you're under the age of two and if you have, um, uh, you know, like COPD or breathing issues where you, you cannot medically do it. Um, but one of the tools that our governor has given us is the ability for um, any restaurant or retail location, anybody that serves the public, to be able to decline service for people not wearing a mask no matter what. So if somebody comes in without a mask and says, eh, I have asthma, and that does happen, um, mm-hmm. you as a business owner have the ability to say, I'm, I'm sorry, I just can't serve you, and you're not infringing on their potential um, ADA, Americans with Disability um, rationale. I mean, it's not like, you know, your little dog that you take uh, on a flight and call it your, your uh, uh, emotional support mm-hmm. animal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're able to take that. We have a ton of signage. We've spent probably $10,000 um, in signage around town for businesses. We print it off. We will go and take it to the place. We have like five different varieties depending on what message they want. We have signs in public areas. So educating the visitor and the tourist and giving the business owners the education about what this ordinance is and isn't and what their expectations are really has has helped a lot. And I don't see a lot of people freaking out about it, to be honest. Yeah, and that is one thing that our city ordinance doesn't have is the ability for um, businesses to refuse service for if if they want to decline, if the individual is not wearing a face mask. We, so just to talk about um, the, the ordinance that the Columbia City Council will be seeing before them this evening, um, there there is a requirement for anybody indoors and as well as if you are in a household that is not your own. So any private or public indoor space, um, there's a requirement for all employees to wear masks at all times. Um, There is exemptions. Um, We are exempting any outdoor um, that you can maintain six feet of distance um, anytime you're exercising outdoors, engaging in a sport um, while you're at home with members of your own household, um, when you are in vehicles with exclusively members of your own household, when eating or drinking inside or outside of a restaurant or establishment, um, when you have a medical condition, a mental health condition, or a disability that would prevent you from wearing a face mask, um, if you are deaf of hard of hearing or communicating with somebody who is, um, and obviously for dental exams, um, if you are, and this was an interesting one that I had not seen prior, if you um, are requested by law enforcement, which I thought was a very interesting and the current climate um, exemption to add was 
that law enforcement exemption, and I was a little disappointed to see it, to be totally honest. Um, the penalty for um, the violation is that it's, it's a $15 fine for individuals and a $100 fine um, for businesses if they are um, caught and they're subject to repeat violations if um, they were are continuously in violation. Do you feel this has overburdened your enforcement agency in doing this? Mayor? Oh, boy. You know, we are so down on enforcement, uh, law enforcement officers in general, um, just as a normal course. And it, it has been um, difficult because you will, somebody will have the sniffles and, um, and not to minimize it, but, the, you know, they'll have a COVID-like symptom and they early on would get tested and they'd be out two weeks. And so our police force has been, um, they've been stressed in, in normal times, and then obviously COVID coming along and and their numbers being reduced even further in, in um, light of extreme caution, um, it is hard to enforce. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I would say that um, it's not a popular thing to go up to somebody. Our tact is education. Our tact is we don't want to issue fines or, or anything. And, and one thing we did wrong, and it sounds like what you're doing much better is we made our fines commensurate with um, uh, possession of marijuana. So, <laughs> um, and, and, and I'm sorry, possession Quite of marijuana. Deep. Yeah, well, before marijuana was legal. And so it was. We, we could. Now, we had a lot of discretion on what to do, and, and we, gave, we wanted to give our police force a lot of discretion. But we had penalties of up to $1,000 in a year in jail. And, you know, we got a ton of blowback on that. Mm-hmm. And so I think... $15 fines and $100 fines, um, you know, that makes it very easy for a police officer to go up to somebody and give them a warning. I would imagine 99% of all your interactions with your police force are going to be warnings and education initially. And I think if people just don't want to comply or start to give, um, you know, their, their liberty speech about how they're not going to do it and you can't make me do it, a $15 fine it probably won't shut them up. They'll probably take that $15 as a cost of uh, their <laughs> their beliefs. But I, I think that um, one thing we don't have that you have, and I think we're going to do, is a fine for businesses. Um, I think it's important for businesses to be encouraged and um, incentivized to be able to tell their uh, guests and their uh, employees, you have to wear a mask. Because if you don't, I get I get fined. It's my butt on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, a neighboring town, Aspen, might have heard this little place called Aspen. Um, they um, they they actually are going to take away liquor license for up to two weeks if patrons are found not adhering to face mask ordinances. So, um, I, penalties to encourage and enforce and to encourage compliance. And you know, we in Columbia, and I think you know, we as a nation are recognizing that. Um, we want to make these fines civil and not criminal and not through the court process. And to be a code violation as much as possible, Missouri, unfortunately, has some whacked um, laws. We have just experienced this with our parking tickets where um, there has to be a mechanism to potentially go through the court process. But um, I do feel that the Columbia um, City Attorney drafted the ordinance in a way that it is minimizing um, the implications or the ability for it to be um, a, a criminal offense. You know, it, it is a, a $15 monetary fine. There's no 
potential of um, jail time or any um, type of sentence that would be accustomed or, or connected to it. So thank you, uh, Mayor, for pointing that out as well. Um, any last thoughts that you can, or advice that you can give our community as we go tonight to consider this ordinance? And as I mentioned to the listeners before tonight, it's on the agenda for the Columbia City Council. Um, it is very far down in the agenda, so I want to I want to recognize that for listeners who might be attending the 7 p.m. meeting, um, there's special items, um, public comments, um, public hearings, consent agenda first reads, second reads, and then it is way down. So knowing um, how late the Columbia City Council can go, as most of us in our community do, we can we can rock it until 1 or 2 a.m. I'm hoping that this is around an, an 8 or 9, and I don't want to make any assumptions, but it is on the new business. It's B16820, establishing the requirement to wear face masks. Um, there will be public comment that is taken from the um, audience. You can give a three-minute public statement on any item that's on the agenda that the, the mayor and the city council allow testimony for, and I can only imagine that this will bring out a crowd. Um, so, Mayor, any last thoughts as, as our city council and our community make this decision? Yeah, two. Um... Yeah, I know you just said one, but I'm going to give you two. <laughs> um, no so I think that early, early on, this this COVID crisis was 100% about not dying and not letting grandma die, and and there was a lot of fear based in it. I think as we've seen this progress, we have a little better idea of what it is and, and what it isn't a little bit, and there still should be a healthy sense of fear. But I think now people are wanting the economy to open back up and. The um, motto for our Garfield County, our, our county public health, is more masks, more distance, um, more business. So, you know, there's only so many chambers, uh, so many bullets in the chamber that you have to be able to address the spread of COVID. And every one of those bullets affects our, your economy, affects business and, and the ability to conduct business. So, Right now, our restaurants are at 50% capacity. That's all that's allowed under statewide ordinance. We can take that down to 25%. Um, but at that point, what's the point of opening your business when it can only be open at 25% capacity? Um, hotels can be open, but they have to wait a day in between rooms. We could extend that to three days. But again, what's the point? So all these, uh, the, all the ability that a, a municipality, a county, or a state has to impact uh, the spread of COVID all has a significant economic cost, except face mask. Face mask is the only bullet in your chamber that doesn't kill business. And I think that's something I would like to um, have a lot of people understand who are very interested in getting back to business. And, um, you know, the last thing I will say, my actual parting words is, People have to call in if they want this. What we saw is, I think, you know, the polls show 80% of Americans want this. Um, and that was a Fox News poll that was recently released a couple of days ago. I think in our community, it's very similar. Most people want this and they're asking for it. But I will say public comment at our meeting, especially early on, was 80% against it. The people who don't want it, by and large, will be calling in and telling you all the reasons why 
they can't have it. We shouldn't have it. But the people who are sitting here listening to this radio show going, man, I really think we should have it, are the rational, reasonable people who just think it'll happen. And, and you need to call in tonight. You need to let your elected officials know that this is not a 80-20 decision against that, that the, your voice for the face covering ordinance needs to be counted. And I guess I would really leave that call to action um, with, with your listeners tonight. Thank you so much, Mayor. And those of you in Columbia, Missouri, who want to contact the city council um, to let them know how you are feeling about this, you can provide written comment by 4 p.m. today to cityclerk at como.gov, and we'll put that on our Facebook as well and link to the city council meeting. You can watch it online. You cannot provide testimony online. They will take in-person testimony. Um, so again, cityclerk at como.gov by 4 p.m. If you want to email in support or in opposition on your feelings um, that will get um, put into public comments. Mayor, thank you so much for your time and working through the technical difficulty. Listeners, um, thank you again, KOPN. Back to you, Mallory, in the studio. Thanks to you Thanks both. Thanks so much. That's it for today's edition of Community Pulse. Thank you so much to our guest, Mayor Jonathan Godis of Glenwood Springs, Colorado, for joining us today. Just to reiterate what our host, Jenny Chadwick, so excellently recapped for us, the Columbia City Council will vote on a mask requirement ordinance tonight at their 7 p.m. meeting. It will need six out of seven favorable votes to pass. Community members have up until 4 p.m. today to submit a comment on the mask ordinance by emailing cityclerk at como.gov. That's cityclerk at como.gov. The council requests that written public comments include the agenda item being commented on and the name and address of the person submitting the comment. You can also give a three minute public statement in person at the 7 p.m. meeting at the council chambers located at 701 East Broadway. As many of you know, you can catch Community Pulse Monday through Thursday at 9 a.m. and later in the day at KOPN.org and on our Facebook page. As always, we want to know what questions, comments, and insights you have related to coronavirus. Leave a message for us at 573-874-1139, email gm at KOPN.org, or find us on Facebook or Instagram. And I should mention that Community Pulse is now available as a podcast on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Up next, we will take a brief music break followed by the most updated edition of Economic Update. Thank you so much for listening to KOPN 89.5 FM, your volunteer-run, listener-supported, open-access community radio station here in mid-Missouri. Have a great day.